Welcome to A Journey of Transformation Empowerment. You're listening to Antonio T. Smith Jr. Where ideas ignite, change, and possibilities are endless. Before we dive into today's episode, we have something special for our listeners. Today's podcast is brought to you by a groundbreaking book that's reshaping the conversation around Black economic empowerment. It's Resegregation, Volume 1, The Power Matrix, a master plan for Black group economics with wealth creation, authored by visionary Antonio T. Smith, Jr., Antonio isn't just an author. He's a former top-secret combat special operations intelligence sergeant turned millionaire. His life work championed the economic autonomy and wealth creation within black communities. In this seminal work, dedicated to teachings of Dr. Claude Anderson, Antonio outlines a comprehensive blueprint covering critical sectors like finance, technology, manufacturing, and more. He blends military discipline with acute understanding of systematic disparity. This isn't just a book. It's a movement. A call to action to create lasting wealth and reshaping the economic narrative. Antonio's vision is clear. Drive a significant shift toward black ownership and control. Listeners, if you've ever wondered about innovative strategies for wealth creation or how technological transformation can uplift the black communities, then this book is for you. Join Antonio Smith Jr. on the transformative journey. Pick up your copy of The Resegregation Volume 1, The Power Matrix today and be a part of the reshaping future. Now, let's dive into the episode and explore the possibilities that await us. Hey, Secrets of Success listeners, Deanna here. Thank you all so much for joining us. Well, today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. See, NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. Now, how many of you can use some additional information so you can make smarter decisions with your money? It's okay. I'll be the first to raise my hand. Because the nerds have helped me get smarter about things like saving on travel. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night, maybe a a small shopping spree or a fancy dinner or two. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Also, boosting my credit score, since good credit is like a real-life cheat code, seriously, like a real-life cheat code, and then saving for an emergency fund because life is like a good movie. It just loves a good plot twist. So listen to Merit Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We live in a world where people are struggling, scraping, grinding, worrying, overindulging, and over-medicating. In addition to that, they're underperforming, many lack motivation and direction, and average is suddenly acceptable. Are you ready to move out of survival mode and step into a life of limitless potential and possibility? Then it's time to subscribe to the Top 1% Podcast, hosted by Dr. Trevor Blotner. Each week, Dr. Blotner interviews experts in the fields of leadership, personal growth, and human potential in order to gain their most powerful insights on how to get to the top and create a life of limitless achievement and contribution. Previous and upcoming guests include former VP of Walt Disney World, Lee Cockrell, world-renowned sports psychologist Ben Newman and Dr. Jason Self, human behavior and human potential expert Dr. John Demartini, superstar social media influencer and creator of the number one motivation website in the world, Joel Brown, high-performance coach Jared Robbins, and top 100 podcast host of Humans 2.0, Mark Metry. Go ahead and subscribe to the Top 1% Podcast so that you can reach your Top 1%. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome as always. And as you know, in Season 4, I've been interviewing lots of people. I didn't actually didn't do any interviews in Season 1, 2, or 3. But now we've got millionaires and billionaires been on here. Dan Locke will be coming soon, so you guys enjoyed that. All sorts of great stuff, so... All of you, you're absolutely crazy if you keep listening to me. I sure appreciate you, and you listen to me, and you rank me five stars, and you keep on listening. So all of you are crazy as hell, but I appreciate that. With that being said, we have a female founder, which we're not going to talk about. I'm just throwing it out there now, so you know we're not going to talk about that. And CEO, her name is Adi. Adi, would you introduce yourself? Hey guys, uh, I'm Dee Arizini. I'm a co-founder and CEO of Teeny Blends, which is a lifestyle brand that creates wellness and skincare products inspired by the health benefits of tea, which I started from my bedroom six years ago. All right, good. Short, sweet, to the point. Now, Adi, we have my audience, they want to know the most pressing question. And they've all just psycholy analyzed it or something into my head right now with some telepathy. And they want to know, how many times do people mess up pronouncing your name? That's what they want to know. That's a pressing <laughs> question. <laughs> um, pretty much every day of my life. I actually don't think that, like, any interview that I've done has actually, like, gotten my first and last name right. Like, they might get my first name right but then my last name, but now I just don't even like, I don't, it's not like a problem because like I'm not from America. So I have kind of a strange name, but I, you know, it's pretty common, common practice for people to butcher my name. That's about right. That's about right. I mean, it's got a couple of Z's in here, the last name, and then people just, you know, take the path of least resistance. So I'm sure your name has become plenty of variations of what it actually is, actually is. Sometimes so. they just pause, and then I know they're at my name, and they're just like, they're like, uh, mm, and I'm like, that, yeah, that's me. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to give it a try. Is it Adi Arizini? Arizini. Almost. 
Arizini. Oh, all right, see? Arizini. I got it now. D. Arizini. If I was to, yeah, I got it. I got it. All right, see? See, so now there you go. See, I'm messed up, which means you're still batting 100% of people messing <laughs> up your name. So your record is still undefeated. There you go. Congratulations. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> now, I love the fact that you said you weren't born in America because that gives us a great launching pad for our podcast because I say I wasn't born in America, even though I was. I was born in America, Galveston, Texas, super-duper poverty. And there's two Americas, one where people live and one where people go to go in super-duper poverty. And so I, I'm successful because I never took advantage, excuse me, yeah, I never took disadvantage of all the great things that are out here that other people just walk past. For example, I think a water fountain public that shoots out cold, clean water is amazing because I spent 6 to 14 homeless and I didn't have water. So I see things like that. And I'm assuming mm-hmm. you see things differently too since you're not from America but you're now in America and seizing great opportunities. Can you walk us through some of that? Yeah, uh, definitely, and, and I have a lot of similarities in, in probably my upbringing to yours, probably not the same, but I also was raised in a very low-income family, um, which also made me, like, de- the desire to hustle wasn't like, oh, I would like to make money so I can, like, go to the movies. It was like, I have to make money so I can feed myself and my mom. Yeah. And when, when hustle comes from that, that area in your belly, where you're just like, you, you either live or you die, then that's, that is definitely, I attribute a lot of my success to that characteristic. But yeah, I was born in Israel and my family moved to Florida when I was six years old. So I did grow up the majority of my life in Florida. And um, I started really working at the age of nine. And that's when I started really earning money. But definitely seeing the difference between America and Israel is so crazy. Like, it's so crazy. I I went back when I was 19 to Israel. I spontaneously decided to join the Israeli Defense Forces um, because I I was that was like a crazy experience. But seeing um, that it's so actually easy to earn a living in America. And I think that Americans don't think that, that it's just very, no. very difficult. But yeah. in other countries, it is much harder to earn the wages. Even people earning like $10 an hour in America, like that, that is not a, a given in Israel or other, uh, or other countries. So it's definitely yeah. an eye-opener. Yeah, I'm sure it is, and that would affect the way you do business. But before we get into that, which I really want to get into that, because now you just made this podcast super interesting. You really did. I want to get in that for sure. But I, when I'm doing my research on you, I missed that you were fluent in Hebrew and English. I have my bachelor's. I have a minor in biblical languages, so Hebrew being one of wow. them. And had I tapped into that, I would have pronounced your name correctly because <laughs> <it's just laughs> one syllable at a time, right? I would Maybe I would have yeah. written it to you in Hebrew, and then you would have Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. The funny, <laughs> funny thing is I took Greek and Hebrew at the same time, and Greek, well, I took Greek first. So I took Greek one, Greek two, and then at the time I was in Greek three, then I was in Hebrew one, 
And Greek beat me up, but it beat me up so well, taught me syntax, everything. So I got all A's in Hebrew. And all A's wow. in Hebrew and all C's in Greek, though, right? <laughs> all C's <laughs> in Greek, uh, A's in Hebrew. But I love that you're from Israeli because there's a whole different view there. So what we're going to do is we're going to tie how you understand things and then how you've interpreted that understanding of business because that makes you – Mm-hmm. See, you said hustle in your belly. I mean, that's you. Man, you, you're absolutely correct about that. Can you tell us what two, one or two things would you say is uniquely yours because you grew up in Israel? Uniquely mine, I think. Um, when it comes to business, the, if that helps. Yeah. Um, you know, the let me answer that, but I'm going to maybe a little change it because it's sure. not because I grew up. It's not because I'm from Israel, that I have this, this opinion. It's more of the way that I was raised in a very poor um, surrounding. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's more from that, but I do not and have never spent money that I don't have. Mm. And I feel like it's common sense, but, um, the amount of people that are in debt in America in, and then they, and then they think it's okay to go into debt in their business. So I mm. am ruthless on like finances um, because I didn't have any money. So the idea of like buying on credit and paying off was never, I never did that until I was much, much older because that idea didn't make sense to me. Maybe it does have to do with the fact that I grew up in Israel, but paying interest, <laughs> you know, maybe paying interest as a Jewish in me and, and the, the paying interest on credit cards to buy a, a pretty handbag or to buy makeup yeah. or to buy things that don't have future value in them is kind of the American approach to life. It's very like, uh, mm. quick highs of like, Ooh, I went shopping and I bought this bag. Now, now that I have um, enough money, I can go do that. So I can go shopping and I can buy things and I can swipe my, my card and not even think about it. But I always made sure that I had 10, 10 X the amount of money in my checking account than what I was spending on my credit card. So I would pay off my credit card in full at the end of every month. I've never kept a balance on my credit cards, but I use them to get points and that's kind of the way of America. Right. But, right. Um, I've just seen a lot of business owners and uh, friends, they um, start their business in debt. And I know that some mm. businesses need it. So I'm not saying that no business requires upfront um, debt, but that idea of, of being very strict on finances and not making financial commitments to things that I could not, I can't see the future. You know, I can't know that, that if I go 50 grand in debt, that I can bring it back. So that mentality has allowed me to be very conversion oriented in my business. How much money am I spending on this? How much money am I going to get back? And the idea of ROI didn't come from me learning it in a business. It came from me working as a young girl and being like, okay, I made this much money. Where can I put it now? And how can I make more money? Everything you said should be in a book. Every single thing you said should be in a book. <laughs> it really should because I, I get to travel across. There is a clear difference in Eastern and Western thinking. 
clear, clear. I'm not saying one is better than the other because I, I, I tend to see the continuity and everything. At least I do my very best to try to do so. But I think everything you think, every single thing you just said was absolutely unequivocally brilliant. I really do, which makes me oh. want to now. Oh no, yeah, definitely. You're, you're very, you're very brilliant, which makes me see something. So I'm going to use a bit of my awareness and just make an assumption. And you tell me if my assumption is right, and if it is, explain why. Because it's going to let me go to another question. You don't spend money you don't have. That tells me in my weird, wacky awareness, mm -hmm. meditation, energy guy, that every action has an opposite and equal reaction, right? So if you don't spend money you don't have, it also means you don't eat things you don't need. Is that fair? Is that a correct assumption? Yin and yang? It's fair. I can't say okay. that I'm always um, I'm always perfect because life is all about balance. So sometimes I don't need to eat ice cream, but I really need it. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, the reason I ask that is because if you have the discipline to not spend what you don't have, it may also mean that you're like the lion in the jungle. For example, the lion only eats the gazelle that it needs. Not to say they won't do more, but the lion tends to be in harmony with this environment. Would you say sure. that the way you build your businesses are in harmony with not just your morals, but also with the people around you? Or are you greedy and you're just messing mm. up the world? Right? Which one? <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I definitely, um, I, I always try to have a balance in um, the way that I run my business. So if I am earning, let's say I've, I've been doing well in my business and, and I made a lot more income, I will look at, like, can I afford this new employee for this new mm. area? And then I'll add that person because I'm, I'm very – uh, future oriented. And what I see people doing is when they start earning money, whether it's in their career or in their business, they get this like a high feeling of like, wow, I just started earning a lot more money than I was earning before. And they start spending more than they were ever spending. And that's like yeah. the totally opposite thing. If you just got a raise at your job, you should be like, great, I can spend, I can put another $500 a month into my savings. You shouldn't then go out and see if you can spend more money. You need to start saving more because those savings will allow you to make um, faster decisions in the future because you have the cash. So even mm. in my business, as well as in my personal, I have a lot of cash in reserves for a rainy day. And sometimes it's, it's there for a rainy day, but if I ever – like this happened to me the other day where we needed to get a lot more inventory of a certain product. And I was able to say like, okay, great. We need to order 10,000 units of this right now. And I was able to put a deposit on it and take it out of my reserves and knowing that I will replenish those reserves. And it wasn't even all the reserves in the following month, but I could do that. And a lot of people yeah. get into that bind and they, and then they'll take a loan or they'll freak out or I, I have that cushion that protection, everything I do is, is very protected and um, intentional. So yeah. if you talk to my husband, like I'm always thinking worst case scenario 
and <laughs> adding a lot of protection there. Like if this did happen, then would I be okay? So yeah. I'm always thinking that way in my business and in my personal life. No, that's good stuff. I mean, let's face it. You grew up in worst case scenario, right? Exactly. And my husband, my husband did not. And then he's like, why do you always think of worst case scenario? I'm like, because it could happen. And I'm not a pessimistic yeah, person. I just can't, you know, like Timmy has been around for six years, but it's been there because me and my partner, we wake up and we put it there every single mm. day. And we can't assume that it'll be there tomorrow if we don't put it there. But, you know, we're literally creating it day in and day out. And awesome. it takes a lot of energy to do that. But I, it's not just going to exist without us showing up and doing that every day. And it could completely disappear tomorrow. So if we don't, if we don't do our part. So I just don't take it for granted, just like you said in the beginning, like you don't, um, you know, you yeah, look the at water the water fountain. fountain. Yeah, it. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful thing for me because I used to eat, I used to hustle for a dollar. And back then, you can get four small bags of chips for a dollar. Now you can't get anything for a dollar. And <laughs> I would eat those four small bags, and I would go to the – they would be on – in Galveston, Texas, on 39th and Broadway, there was this oil company – well, not oil company. It was where you fixed your car to get your oil changed. And they had a free water fountain. I would go in there, and I would drink – so much water to where I felt it in my stomach when I walked around and felt the sloshing, but that's how I would survive each day. Mm -hmm. I would eat four yeah. bags of chips and let the water expand all in there. And I grew up with that, and I've got the same lion in the jungle mentality. You know, I wake up every day and create, or in lion scenario, I wake up every day and the gazelle has to go down, right? <laughs> Gazelle's got to go down. And yeah, I, I appreciate like, you that. Know, what, yeah, as we're talking, I'm just realizing this, but what it gives us, anyone that has gone through any sort of struggle in, in, in early years or in later years, is it yeah. gives you perspective, major yeah, perspective. And yeah. so, like, you know, when I have a bad day, I'm like, is it as bad as when I was poor? <laughs> and, like, is it, is it that bad? I'm like, no. Sometimes it feels like it's that bad. But it gives us a lot of perspective. And even if you're going through, even as a business owner, as soon as like, like a hurricane happens, which a couple times a year, every year, I get a hurricane inside of my business. Yep. And then I'm like, oh, my God, this is the worst thing that could ever happen to my business. And I freak <laughs> out for like, it, it takes me like a good like two days to be like, how can I ever recover from this occurrence? How could I ever get back up and continue? And then I get so much stronger and then the next time that yeah. it happens but it's because of the perspective of being like okay i can i can get through this and then you get stronger and stronger and stronger and that's um beautiful. yeah yeah that's beautiful well you know what so let's let's tell, let's tell them how strong and smart you are you can't do it because it'll be bragging but if i ask you the right <laughs> questions and you answer them right it's just you answer the <laughs> questions right so here we go here we go you clearly hire people well. I, I know that about you just from just listening to you because everything's about balance, right? So you're smart enough to hire smart people or, that are in your weaknesses. So I want to know how many people are currently working or volunteering or interning for you right now? That sounds like a fun question. 
I have 60 employees right now. That I wish makes I had people volunteering, no though. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I wish you had some volunteers. Wow. <laughs> okay, so you've got 60 employees. Now, y'all heard that 60 as in 6-0. Okay. Right. So you're almost pushing 100 employees. Please, let's, let's have some fun here. Tell us how do you manage that every day? That is a really good question. I think that the, the hardest thing um, in business is managing people, period. Absolutely. Like, That's what we get paid not, for. I know, but it's, it's interesting because people are always looking for the marketing tips and this and that, but that stuff is that stuff's really simple um, in comparison. Mm-hmm. If I had all of my time to just work on marketing strategies and not have to worry about people, I would probably get a lot more done. But <laughs> yeah, as far right? As man, as, yeah, as far as um, managing people, you know, I hear this a lot from other podcasts and successful people, but I, it's not true for my story. People say, hire people around you that are smarter than you. That's what, like, every interview says, right? But <laughs> yeah. I am well, a startup, and I can't afford those people. So I couldn't afford to – I was mm. running it out of my home, and I was barely paying myself. So how can I hire people that are smarter than I am, like especially in the beginning? It's like that doesn't make any sense because mm. if they were smarter than me. They'd probably be out there making more than me. So how can I afford them? So when I was hiring in the beginning, in the beginning I was looking for people that were bright, and had a desire to help others because my company is about helping other people live a happier, healthier lifestyle and wanted to learn. And those were pretty much my criteria that they had to be bright. They had to be hustlers and they had to like want to learn. And that formula didn't always work for me. It didn't always, you're not going to, out of three people, you might get one good hire. You might be training Mm -hmm. three people and you might get one out of those three, maybe. Um, But even today, my the the three top uh, key executives in my business are all women that have been taught by me. So they came with zero experience, and I taught them everything I know. And then they took it to the next level. So yeah. they became smarter than me in their specific specific departments because they could focus all of their time and energy on that area. But I came and I, and I trained them because I just couldn't afford to hire a, a marketing, a, a CMO, you know, chief marketing officer. I couldn't afford that. And even when I was looking for them and interviewing them, I couldn't tell if they were just had a previous title from a different fancy company that they worked for or they were really able to, like, do what I needed them to do. So... I went back and forth for a long time on hiring like really fancy people with high salaries that would really push me over the limit. And personally, I decided to hire good people that wanted to be with Teeny for the long run, the long run. I'm saying like until the company like exploded or someone bought us, then I wanted someone that wanted to be part of that story. So um, that's what I ended up doing. And it's been uh, I could say I, I think that it's been successful for me. I'm really proud of my of my team and of my girls. And watching someone you know start at ten dollars an hour and then making a very high executive salary, it's been very rewarding for me as a as a boss and as a friend to those to those people. Yeah, that's 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 a good look. That's very very smart. 
and I love that you 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 kind of pushed against the grain of hiring smart people because I'm I frequent and do startups and I actually you know let me ask you this question before I before I do that I used to make the mistake of confusing the right gifts and right passions with the right person. I used to really be bad at that when I was in my hiring process. I've got about 60 employees myself. I think it's something like 59. And I would confuse the right person for my culture with this person has the right skill set and has the right passions for this position. Do you have you made that mistake? Because I've made that mistake more than once. Let me tell you, I've made that Ooh, mistake more I mean, than once. I mean, that's a hard. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I never really thought about it that way. But sometimes you interview someone and you just really vibe with them, and you're like, yeah. "Wow, you're awesome!" But and and you're like, maybe if I put them in this position, they'll grow to be able to deliver those those results. Or the opposite way, you don't really vibe with their personality. They're not going to be a good culture fit, but they can technically do what you're asking for. And I've failed at yeah. both, to be real. Like I've done, yeah. I've I've hired a person that has a technical skill. Like I'll give you an example. I hired this girl to um, take over my email marketing because I was doing all the copy, all the design. I was doing all the email marketing yeah. strategy and everything like that. So I hired her, and she had done email marketing before and had done copywriting, but she was very reserved. So anytime I would mm-hmm. give her feedback, she would have, she would just say, okay. And like, I wasn't like a dialogue between us and she was a little bit older than me. So her copywriting was in an older voice yes, and she yeah. couldn't get my, she couldn't get the teeny personality lingo. And so I had her for like six months. I tried it was too long. That's what I needed. I started like yep. trying to do is, is firing faster. Like, so it's yep, not working right. out, you know, they're not going to work out. And I'm, I'm still improving on that area itself. But, um, yeah, so I've, I've failed at both. And what I've, uh, I've actually say, I think that the personality sometimes is more important than the skill because skill can be taught, yeah. but, yep. you know, open communication, I don't know if that can be taught as much. That's beautiful. Now, I completely agree with that, and that kind of leads me into this next question that I just really wanted. It's really the first question I wanted to ask you because I'm a big fan of Grant Cardone, and I saw online that you have a picture (laughs) of Elena Cardone, right? And she has a lot of skill sets that we're kind of talking about. So we know you love her because we all love her because we're smart people, right? We love her. Can you tell us how did you meet her? And, you know, just just have some fun with that whole, you know, a D and a later story, whatever you want to say. It's up to you. Yeah, I mean, she interviewed me on her show, Women in Power. So that's how I met her for the first time. Oh, it was awesome. And, you know, it's on her YouTube channel and it was just amazing. And we talked a lot about um, the, the, the detox tea um, question of like, what is it? How does it work? Is it good for you? And really demystifying a lot of the incorrect marketing that has been done out there on these products. And so we talked a lot about that, which I think was really great. And, um, 
just being able to see so many female founders um, come up in the world as of the recent like three to five years. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, shout out to you, Elena and Grant. You 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 guys are changing the world and we hope you reach seven point two billion people like you're trying to do. Good. And then you, Adi, you're the next. Well, you're the first Adi and the next whatever you want to be. So congratulations to you as well. Let's keep going because that's that's kind of fun. Now, of course, we could talk about your online marketing stuff. That seems a bit boring to me. You're you're a master at that. Let's let's show people you're smarter than what regular questions would come by. You mentioned earlier, and I heard it, and you can just kind of you kind of just rolled over it, but you used the word conversion. That's not many people use that word. Okay, you were talking earlier, and you were like, "Yeah, that's not really good for my conversion." Can you break down for us how important it is? to convert energy into income and some special ways that you do that on on a daily basis with TV? Yeah. So if you look at the formula, energy is your ability to have a, a concept and then and then move it and move that concept. So if you have an idea and then you don't do anything with it, you feel tired, right? Like, right. You're like you want to accomplish something and then you're just not doing it. And then you want to start something and you're not doing it. You feel kind of like a, a little bit failed on it. So that idea of having, having something, a concept, and then putting it into action is energy. Now that's very valuable because, you know, people out there have great ideas. And once they start moving those particles and into doing something with it, then you can actually make a conversion. You can make something happen, whether that is, you know, I talk about sales and conversion. So if I put up a Facebook ad and then I added my thought of what I wanted it to say, the photo or the video that I wanted to add to it and who I want to target with this messaging, and then someone clicks on it and purchases my product. And if I do a good job, then I have a, a, a low conversion rate, which means that I'm getting a lot of purchases for a little bit amount of money. Um, but it can be really be thought out with anything else. What is really important is the fact of like actually doing that thing. A lot of people get stuck in the, in the concept phase. And I, I, I get stuck there too. Sometimes I'm like, Oh, I really want to do this with my business, but I don't have the time right now, or I don't, I don't have the energy for it. But that ability to focus and to just put something out there in the universe physically is what is going to get you results. And that's what I tell everyone. I said, stop thinking and start doing. You need to put it into the universe. You have to do that because it takes a lot of time of doing repetitive actions in order to see results. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad you mentioned the ad. How important, in your opinion, are Facebook ads right now to grow a business? It depends on what you're selling, but it's it's very important. I mean, there you have um, two. If you could split up your your marketing, you would have um, you would have advertisements and you would have organic. So Facebook it leads into the advertisement section. 
And Mm -hmm. you are able to communicate about your products in a wide scale to everyone on the planet. And you can narrow it down by people that would be interested in your, in your products. And I think it's incredible because, you know, 10 years ago, I would not have been able to start my business. 20 years ago, I would not have been able to start my business. I would have been selling at farmer's markets, which is what I Hmm. considered when I even first started my company because I was 22, 23 years old. And I was like, well, if I go into Whole Foods trying to sell my tea, they are not going, they're going to look at me and laugh and like tell me to leave because I'm like 22 years old. And I don't know how the rules work at supermarkets or at Whole Foods. So And my other option is to go to my local farmer's markets like every Saturday, but then I'm only targeting those people. And so my voice, my message, my products aren't going to um, reach enough people. And that's why the internet and Facebook ads and Instagram ads and working with influencers on Instagram, it just exposes you to, to so many audiences and there is no limit to how many new people you can introduce to your product every single day. If you have a good product and you have good content and the back end of your delivery is good, then you can't fail. You fail when you stop talking about your product. The moment that you're just like, well, no one knows about my product. I'm like, yeah, well, are you talking about them? Like I, we post on our Teamy Blends Instagram page four times a day, every day for the last five years because we're all constantly communicating with our audience. You know, it's not like, you know, they have this, there's this uh, saying like, uh, build it and they will come. That's not true. <laughs> build it and start talking about it and screaming from the rooftops for like 20 years and then they'll come. You know, like, you yeah. even look at like companies like Apple. Apple, they're st- they still promote and do ads and videos and and they're continuously talking about their products, even though it's Apple and everyone wants an iPhone, but they're not stopping to communicate about their products ever. Amazing. You're absolutely right. So let's, let's break down a few things you set up in there because it, it, was just, it just blew my mind. Firstly, let's go to influencers because you mentioned influencers, and you obviously sound like, you know how to use influencer marketing, being an influencer yourself. So please educate us on this Secret to Success podcast. How does one of our audience members learn how to leverage influencers like you do and give us your opinion of how influential that marketing can be towards your bottom line? Okay, so um, I'll, I'll give you guys the, the key points, because there's a lot to talk about. about so I could talk two hours only about influencer marketing. <laughs> the first thing is that the number of followers does not matter, period. So, like, if you're looking at that as a metric, it's kind of like this, like, illusion as to how influential you think that person could be. But it's just a fake metric that doesn't mean anything. All of the um, the data of if that person is influential is what kind of relationship that influencer has with their follower. So if you go through someone's comments and they have a bunch of like emojis and random things that the, that their audience, which is their followers are saying, then that person is likely not that influential. Maybe their followers really admire them. And the way that I found this out is when I first started working with influencers, this was five and a half years ago, there's all of these models, these models that would be in bikinis and they're beautiful and all the other companies were using them. So I was like, well, maybe I should be using them. 
But what I realized is that women that are my audience, they don't look up to these other women. They are intimidated by them and they, they, they think they're beautiful, but those bikini models aren't helping the follower. And the way that you become influential is because you've helped someone. So in your own life, when you think about who influences your decisions, I think about my mom, my best friend, my husband, my family, because those are people that have helped me in some way. And so I look up to them and I trust them and I ask for their advice. It's the same thing on Instagram. But if you have a bunch of pretty photos, it doesn't mean that you're helping your audience. So you have to look for influencers that are actually providing some sort of help or value to their audience. They're teaching them things, they're helping them, they're inspiring them, and they have a, a real connection to that person. And you can identify that if there's a lot of questions in the comments like, hey, uh, last week you mentioned that you got that dress from this store. How much was it? You know, they, they want to know. It's like the same way that you would talk to your sister or your best friend. Mm. You would just conversationally ask them questions because you want to know where, where they did that thing or what their opinion is on something. And so you want to look for those people that are actually influential. And you, and you don't want to spend money on influencers that look cool on Instagram because that's exactly what they are. They look cool on Instagram, but they're not influencing anyone. Mm. <laughs> that is, let me tell you, that was deep. And I'm not just saying this because you're my guest. That was brilliant. Mm. That was absolutely, I'm serious. That was absolutely, I've, I've, Wow, let me just you you taught me something about the emojis and all that stuff. They just admire them, but they don't have influence over them. That was incredible. Can can you just just to hit another home run? Can you go a little bit deeper into whatever you want to talk about the influencer market? Because you just helped me, so I know you helped a lot of other people. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that this this idea behind influencer marketing is so is so um, wrong right now. And it will, and it, I think that in a couple years, it will be pretty obvious. Um, here's another great tip. If the influencer themselves has some sort of course or they offer something or they sell something themselves, that's when you know that they're actually influential because they were like, damn, I have all these followers. I could sell a course or I could do this. Then yeah. that's another way to like really identify if they're influential. Um, but you want to look at people that also align with your brand. So mm. I'm not going to work with, um, bikini models because my messaging is like happy, healthy lifestyle. So my messaging is not be skinny and be a model. It's more be who you are and look at ways to improve your gut health, your digestion, so we, we're in a different realm. So I'm not going to work with people, even if I thought that they were influential, that don't align with my brand, um, which is really important. Like one time I worked with, I've lost so much money doing influencer marketing and had to learn the hard way. But in the early years, there was this male model that had like, I don't know, he had like 5 million followers. And he was, I think he was based in the UK. And he had worked with a lot of different female type companies and the logic was he's a sexy man and he's going to have mm -hmm. a ton of women followers 
So it made, at the time, it made sense. I was like, okay, his followers are my audience. He should tell them about this product. But I, we spent a lot of money, and he um, used our product, and he endorsed it, and he promoted it, and we saw zero sales. Do you know what that wow. feels like to like dump money into a celebrity or an influencer and for nothing to happen? And what you get out of mm. it is a photograph. It was, it, you know, <laughs> in the, it, you're like, uh, okay, that was wrong move. Especially mm. when you're bootstrapped like me, like I just spent thousands of dollars of my own money to do it and like nothing has happened. So wow. that is rough. And what I, and, and so what I learned from that is that I have to work with people that actually align with my business this, or with my brand. This male model didn't align, but I had mm. thought it aligned because I thought that he had the right audience to make sense. But then I started thinking about, well, who are his followers? They follow him because he's like a sexy man. They don't follow him because of his wellness advice to women. Yeah. So why would they purchase something that he endorses? It doesn't make any sense. So mm. I had to learn that so many ways that I, actually, I had to put a little bit more thought behind who we chose as influencers and that it has nothing to do because he had like hundreds of thousands of comments and engagement and that's what people end up looking at when they're deciding to work with an influencer. But I just urge you guys listening at home to think a little bit deeper. Who is this influencer? What are they promoting? What do they stand for? Does that match with what I'm trying to have them promote? And do they have real influence about this topic with their followers? That's good. That's real good. That is better than what I could have taught it, and I kind of teach that for a living. That's good. Job. <laughs> hey, you know what? If you ever want me to come and take teacher class with you, I'll be honored. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Considering I own a multi-million dollar education company, I'm always looking for content. <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> That'll work. So that's amazing. Wow, I can't wait to release this podcast. That was so, so good. Ladies and gentlemen, let me just – Adi's not in the room right now. It's just me and you. If you didn't pick up on those two tips, then you just need to rewind it, just probably go back five minutes and do yourself a favor and apply them right now. By apply, I mean go do them. That was fantastic. Good job. I didn't even realize you made me think about me because that's exactly what happened about me. I was like, holy crap, I got all these people following me, asking me questions. Let me start teaching people. <laughs> right. And now exactly, because you're influential. Yeah. They're asking yeah. questions. That means they want they want to be they're asking you to influence them. They're saying, That's What should crazy. I do? This or that? They're so they're asking That's for crazy. your influence. That's crazy, yeah. And then I start charging people and I start charging tens of twenty thousands of dollars and even on the low end too. It's crazy. I didn't even realize how much of an influence I was. Wow, that was incredible. I'm serious. That's twice now you've taught me something new. And I do this for a living. <laughs> that was really good. That was really good. Well, I'm I'm dying now. I've been kind of holding back. I didn't want you talking about your company because I do. We, we're getting ready to talk about it now. But, you know, I, I do these podcasts all the time. And that you know we don't want to we don't want to sound like everybody else, right? We don't want to go you know this these little ABC questions. I wanted people to know how great you actually are. But now let's get to it though. 
tell us what does TME do and what do you stand for and how can you help us? Yeah, so I, I started Teeny Blends um, out of necessity, really, when I was in the Israeli Defense Forces. I started having really bad digestive issues toward the end of my service. So uh, the food that's in the Army is, you know, mass-produced for 3,000 people that were on my base. And so it's not like organic or farm fresh or anything like that. Um, and I was only going to the bathroom once a week which is really gross uh, yeah. because the, the purpose of the digestive system is to break down the food that you give it and to take from it nutrients and get rid of the rest. My body was just not getting rid of the rest. So mm. I was constantly constipated and I was 21 years old and I was like, okay, let me go eat more fibrous food, drink more water and exercise more because that's what the internet says and everyone says. And I did those things, and it didn't improve. So then I became addicted to coffee. I would drink five cups of coffee a day because coffee was the only way that I was stimulating my digestive system. I wasn't yeah. able to go to the bathroom without it. And then at, some, at one point, the coffee stopped working too. So I was like, oh, fuck. Mm. What am I going to do, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I, my stomach looked like I was five months pregnant. It looked like I was, had a bowling ball inside of my stomach. Wow. And I ended up getting a colonic, which is where they like literally stick a tube up your butt and they flush out all of the waste that you have accumulated there. And it was not a very awesome experience. It's not no, like going it doesn't to the spa. Sound like it. Yeah. No, it's not like going to the spa, you know? And so I, when I finished my, my military service, I was like, okay, I need to figure this out. So I, I went back home to Florida and I started reading books about gut health and digestive health. I'm like, why is my gut not working? Why? Mm. I started asking why. And then I found out that the gut can store particles of foods that you've eaten in the past. So pizza that you've eaten, chemical, chemically processed foods, refined sugars, your body doesn't just get, just get rid of them. If you're abusing your body, eating unhealthy foods for long periods of time, your body at one point, everyone's body is different, is going to show symptoms. Whether one person has acne, someone else has bad energy, one person gains weight, one person has digestive issues, one person has bloating issues. Everyone's symptoms are going to be different, but the cause is very similar. It's having things in the body that, that the body is not loving, not, it's not happy with it. And so I, I read all these books and multiple times the doctors or the dietitians or the chiropractors, they would say, you know, try tea as an herbal remedy. And I was like, great. So I went to my Whole Foods. I ended up buying a ton of teas that said like colon cleanse, detox, liver cleanse, kidney cleanse. And I was like, awesome. I'm going to drink these teas. So I ordered them and I, and I bought them and I used them and they didn't work for me. And I was really pissed off because I was like, the, all these books are saying that tea is going to help my stomach. Why is it not helping my, my gut health? And I, I started looking into it. And the, the bag of tea that I was getting at the store for $5, they were $5 because the powder was very low quality powder. Real tea from India, from China, from Thailand, from uh, South America, their tea comes from a leaf. So the fact that we were drinking powder instead of a leaf is almost like, <laughs> you know, you know, drinking like instant coffee instead of ground, instead of the grind, you know? 
Yeah, yeah, I didn't think about uh, that. Getting really low quality tea. Like when you go to like a a hotel, you have those little tea bags. That's just kind of like not real tea. So then I started sourcing my own ingredients of these different teas and started making my own blends so that I can make a a detox program that would actually help me get rid of these toxins. And that's what got me to start this business. And then I created this detox program. It completely solved my own digestive issues. And I started giving it to my friends and family. And then fast forward to today, you know, we, we wanted to make sure that we were not a tea brand. We're not a detox brand. We're not a weight loss brand. The purpose of Teamy is to help others live a happier, healthier lifestyle by using plant-based tea-inspired products. So we have skincare that's tea-inspired. We have a lot of different teas that are tea-inspired, but it's all about the, the balance and the 360 lifestyle approach to um, choosing products and having a brand that you can really trust. That's awesome. Tell us about the skincare. That 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 was a shocker. Someone just went, wow, I know. she got skincare too? Yeah. Well, because about two years ago, it was um, early 2017, I felt stuck in my business because how many teas can I make? Because our teas are not like <laughs> four, four different flavors. They're four, you know, holistic solutions. So we had an energy tea. We had a relaxation tea. We had some fruit-inspired teas. We had a detox program. We had a focusing tea. We made a nursing tea. What else could I make for my customers? And I felt like if I didn't continue making new products, that they would get bored and they would leave, uh, leave my brand. And which is the way that I came to that conclusion is, number one, I saw it in my numbers that people were like, what else you got? Like, how, how mm-hmm. else am I going to engage them? How else am I going to be part of their lives? But then I thought about fashion companies, clothing companies. Like, if I shop at Banana Republic, and I love Banana Republic because they made an amazing pair of jeans, but they never came out with any other pants ever. Like, mm. what reason would I have to return to that store and buy anything if they never came out with anything new? Yeah, I can go and buy those exact same jeans, maybe in a different color, but they lose me as a customer because another store is making new kinds of pants that they don't have. So, you know, clothing companies, they come out with a new line every season because of this reason. Because if they came out with one pair of jeans and never changed it up or never offered something new, they're losing that communication and that trust with their customer. And wow. I asked, I asked my, um, my audience, I said, guys, what do you want me to make for you? What is it that you need help with in your life? All I want to do is make products that help you live a happier, healthier life. And I just got like, they were like screaming back at me. They were like, skincare, my skincare sucks. I need things that, that don't have chemicals. I need products that actually work. And I was like, okay, great, let's do this. So I started using my teas to make skincare. And it was totally random because it was like, what? Teamy's now making skincare? Like it was totally out of left field. And I am so glad that it happened because now we have six products in our skincare line. We're coming out with another one in July and constantly doing more skincare. And our customers are obsessed with it and they love it. So it was a really great it ended up being really great and is now an integral part of our business that wasn't even it didn't even exist two years ago. Yeah, yeah, that 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 does sound like you're a smart business lady for sure, and I'm glad you 
had another problem, so you can bring us another product. It seems like every time you have a product, you change the world. I mean, a problem, you change the world. So thank you for your problems, right? <laughs> keep, keep doing a good job changing the world. Now, you've had some celebrities endorse your tea. Can you just list a few? Um, off the top of my head, we've worked with, uh, we've worked with Demi Lovato. We've worked with Cardi B. Uh, we've worked with a couple of other people as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think Kylie Jenner, I think I, I saw that as well. And some other people, man, that's fantastic. I mean, you're like, like, you're like the real deal. You know, you're a D, the, right? <laughs> I know you can't say it, but I'll sing your praises for you. It's my podcast. I can do it. You're the real deal. I mean, that, that that's a pretty big deal. And to be honest with you, I'm, I'm I'm proud to share energy with you. You're doing a fantastic job in the world. Fantastic job on this podcast. And can you let's just do let's just do a few more questions about about the business in itself. So you've got the 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 teas that aren't grained into some low grade powder, right? You've got some good things going on here, and you have the skincare. Inquiring minds want to know what are you working on that you shouldn't tell us. Mm. Nah. Mm. <laughs> um, I'm working on a couple of uh, accessory products that um, are electronic, but that's all that I can say um, for for our customers. All right. You heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. Something that she can't say. I wouldn't have said nothing either. <laughs> so good job. Electronic, though. We're looking forward to you going down and and definitely invent this new product so we can so we can definitely have you get there. And ladies and gentlemen, of course, if she has a problem tomorrow, she'll invent this product faster because she had a gut problem and saved the world with the tea. You know, she had a data problem that came up with skincare. You handle problems in your life very well. Did you know that? Well well, they keep happening, so I guess I'm just going to have to keep solving them. <laughs> That's the way it works. <laughs> That's the way it works. Problems keep on happening, but leaders know what to do with them. I always say that if you, if if there's no problems, there's no need for a leader. So good job to you there. I've got to go back to your 60 employees. Do you know all their names? That would be so cool if you do. I do know the, the the warehouse guys. I know less, but all my office employees, I know their names. That's awesome. That's awesome. And so I'm sure if you go to the warehouse often, you would know their names as well. But you know, how many times CEO CEO goes to the warehouse? Somebody's fired, right? <laughs> <laughs> I definitely go there less, but I I definitely the the guys that have been there for a long time I I know all of their names, but sometimes Good. you know I, I don't get to go there as often. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure you know quick turnover rate every, every now and then, a couple of holiday seasons. You seem to be a fantastic CEO. You know about ninety percent of your employees' names, and they're not even connected to you in one building, so that's a big deal. You solve problems. You married, and you keep the practicality. And you, for a rainy day, you like Elena Cardone and Grant Cardone. And ladies and gentlemen, the show note, I'm going to put in the show notes her Elena Cardone video. So if you want to just access it, you'll see it in the show notes. Go over there and check it out. I actually checked it out before I 
um, I just asked the question, but I actually watched it, and it's pretty good. It's pretty good. And you're, you're a rock star, man. I'm telling you straight up, you are. Well, let my hood come out. You are a rock star there, D. You are. You're doing a pretty good job. It's a, it's a big deal. Any motivational words for our audience you'd like to give them? You know, I think that um, anyone can be successful, that you just have to put your attention on what it is that you want. Um, and successful, you could be a successful mother. You could be a successful uh, professional. You could be a successful wife. You just have to practice. So if there's an area in your life, whether it's related to business or money or personal, you just have to know that it's all teachable. and You just have to practice. I was not always the best wife, the best partner. And I started practicing on it more, and I improved that way. So there is something that you want in your life. You just need to put a focus on it and be consistent, and you will be able to, over time, improve that that thing or that area. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you on stage at 10X4. I'm speaking that into existence. You said earlier, put it out in the universe. <laughs> I'm putting it out there for you, right? 10X4, 10X5. It. That's it, that's it. You're going to be on the stage because you've rocked out and made so much money that Grant has to put you on stage to relate to his audience. Congratulations to you and everything that you do. I just have one more question that comes from a personal place. I'm a military veteran myself for the United States military. Did you kick butt? Did did you kick butt in the <laughs> I've got that, right? <laughs> did you kick butt and take the names? Come on. You know, I think I did. I was a fitness instructor for combat soldiers. So when you see movies okay. of, like, girls telling boys to, like, do push-ups and climb rope and jump over walls, that was my job. That's what All I was right. doing. Okay, then. So you, you already did. That means you had a six-pack and you still got it, right? Good. Still got it. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Well, I don't have my six-pack no more. I'm actually going to – you know what? In fact, let me say that. Ladies and gentlemen, please be more like a deep Please keep it. So you don't have to lose it and spend all this extra energy getting it back. Because that's what I'm doing right now. And it is a colossal waste of energy to go backwards to something that I had at first. Please don't guard yourself of energy leaks. This toning up, I should have just stayed toned. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I definitely do. But there's, there's always a road back. There's always a road back. So I believe in you. There it is. I sure appreciate you. I sure appreciate you. Well, I'm so excited. I want you to do me a favor. You're actually one of the people that I've actually enjoyed you. And so you have an open invitation to come back to this podcast. Should, should you uh-huh. choose? Oh, yes. I open invitation. Anytime you're selling something, writing a new book or telling someone to do some push-ups, please come on back. Record it for me so I can strip the audio and put it on the podcast. But we would love to have you back. You just, I mean, seriously, I'm I'm one of the people, my audience knows it, you may not, I'm real big on women and women's rights, and I'm really, really one of those egalitarians to where I just, I just push women's rights. I don't think men should be locked up in a room telling women what to do or what to do with their bodies. I think women are rock stars, and you are one of those that are showing, well, there's plenty of them. But you are the one that's on this podcast showing the world that women can do anything, and I'm grateful for you. Honestly, I mean it without without no BS. I mean it. So thank you for sharing energy. Last and final words on you. You'll close out our podcast. 
you know, I, um, I just appreciate you having me on here and I just hope that everybody listening got something out of it because my goal is to really help improve other people's lives. So I hope that something that I said, you're able to apply and you got something out of it. Boom. Just like that. I sure appreciate you, ladies and gentlemen. Do me a favor. The love that you have for me, I'm going to put all her show notes there, any way that you can buy from her. Just do me a favor and extend that love you have for me and lavish it on the D. We would definitely appreciate that. She is someone worthy of your attention, and we all know money follows attention. Antonio T. Smith, Jr., you can't plant better. You can dominate. I want to talk to you about your goals and your dreams. What are you waiting for? You waiting for someone to dress you in success? Yeah, that's not going to happen. Life was meant to be about laughter, joy, and abundance. There's no shortage of money, and success is your moral obligation. But you're still in a thinking mode. Haven't quite worked your way to saying yes. It's time for you to work, grind. Your business needs you to move from a walk to a run. You have been praying for this opportunity. You've been waiting for owners who will look out for your best interest and send most of the money back into the field. Well, ATS is that company. This is what you have been praying for. So now it's on you. Will you care enough about your business to actually take all the freshman level classes? Will you care enough about your business to move towards the sophomore classes and beyond? Over here, we're giving away all the information that takes you to get the six and seven figures and beyond. Over here, we're not satisfied until 97% of our company is actually making money. We're not looking to get rich. We're looking to make you rich. And by default, we'll share an experience of that success with you. You will learn how to do all social media ads. Here, you will learn how to get on a sales call and convert energy into income. Here, you will learn how to code your own app for your business, set up your social media pages, and learn how to build million-dollar sales funnels. And we will give all that information to every single person who wants it. If you want to quadruple your retirement, this is the place. If you want to bring a customer into the company and have the company do most of the work for you to keep them paying you every single month, this is the place. If you want to benefit from the company's success, this is the place. If you want a company to email your customers money-making tips every single day that keeps them loyal to your downline, this is the place. You and I both know the world and how we used to make money, it has changed. You and I both know that all the tactics that you used to use to produce good results, they don't work the way they once did. How many people do you know that have not adjusted to this information age and now they are out of business? Ask yourself, how much more time do you have to waste and be out of business. Here's my advice to you. Stop passing up on opportunities because you're afraid to take another loss. Fear is the enemy of wealth and comfort is the repellent of millions. Will you answer the call? Or will you just get excited and be like, wow, this is a great video and do nothing. The choice is yours. Let us celebrate your retirement. Let us celebrate your millions. Let us celebrate you and break you through the glass. This is ATS and this is your moment.
when the pandemic began, I had the biggest problem in the world, not making money. The pandemic was actually quite a blessing for me as it almost made me a billionaire. I came really close. So the pandemic was a blessing. It was hiring people. And get this, everybody. I had 48 job positions open during the pandemic. $22 an hour with paid training. And I could not find a single person for two years to fit any of those 48 job positions. Hear me well. 48 job positions. $22 an hour. Paid training. And I couldn't find someone, not one person, for those job positions. Now, is it because I hire slowly? True. But it's because I wasn't using ZipRecruiter. And that's a fact. I wasn't getting to the right people for the right position to fit my right culture. And there are so many different things that you can do this summer. As a matter of fact, you can free up as much time as you want to. But if you're not using ZipRecruiter, you're probably not going to free up that time if you're attempting to hire people. So what is ZipRecruiter? What is probably the greatest job finder that's out there? And that's why you need ZipRecruiter. You need it so you can find the right candidates. Now, it's not that ZipRecruiter helps you find jobs. It's more accurately that ZipRecruiter takes your culture, takes your job, takes what you're looking for, and immediately matches them with the perfect candidate. And if the if it's if they can't find a perfect candidate, they will skip over that person and then give you the perfect candidate for you. ZipRecruiter uses one of its most powerful tools, which is the technology itself, to match the right candidates up with your job. You can easily review uh, their recommendations and easily review their recommended candidates and invite these candidates to apply for your top positions. Additionally, ZipRecruiter has a complete suite of tools that makes it easy for you to filter out, uh, review, and rate candidates. Four out of five employees uh, have been used by four out of five employers on ZipRecruiter. It is a blessing. And no wonder ZipRecruiter is rated number one hiring site in the world based on G2 satisfaction ratings as of this year, January 1st. My friends, soak up everything I said. It's not an ad. This is a personal testimony of how I found the right people to sit in the right seat on the right bus. Without ZipRecruiter, it wouldn't have been possible. So how do you take advantage of what I'm talking about? Well, you go to ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. All spelled the regular way. That's Zip, Z-I-P, Recruiter. R E C R U I T E R ZipRecruiter dot com slash B two B.
And I promise you, you will be grateful that you did so. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. It's also in the show notes.